Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You might think that we are special as humans for forming societies with complex structures, but we are actually not so different from other species in this regard. It was believed that complex social structures were a trait of large mammals only, but a recent study has shown that birds can form complex societies too. I spoke to Danai Papajojo, who has been studying the social structure of a specific type of bird in Africa. The vulture and guinea fowl, the birds we study, organize their society in a quite complex way that is termed multi-level. And it had only been described before for large-brained mammals such as humans, other primates, elephants, giraffes or dolphins. But what does multi-level society even mean? By this we mean that uh, the individuals can form a group which is relatively stable over time. It consists of 15 to 16 individuals. Within the group, there are multiple breeding pairs. And then these groups are stable over time in terms of membership and associate preferentially with other groups. So it turns out that the fact that our brain is well-developed is not necessarily the reason why we, as humans, can form multi-level societies. Yeah, so far, uh, we knew that only large-brained mammals can organise in a complex uh, society like this. So now we show that actually it's not only large-brained mammals that can do it, but also birds with small brains like the vulture and guinea fowl. Danai's proof of this complexity in the relationships formed by the vulture and guinea fowls is based on her own fieldwork in Kenya, where she actually followed these birds around for 13 months. So first we uh, followed these 400 color-banded birds and we found using social network analysis that they live in 18 distinct groups. So then we picked one to five random individuals from each group and we fitted them with GPS tags. Two of our 18 groups were tracked for three years and they were habituated, which means that I could follow them on food. I could walk with them in the savanna. And the other 16 groups were tracked for a year. Luckily for her, the different groups of birds didn't always stay apart and she was able to see them interact on a few occasions. So in the wet season, which is the breeding season for the vulture and guinea fowl, several different groups uh, come together and aggregate in glades. So these are open areas that used to be used by herders to keep their cattle in, at night. So they're very rich in uh, nutrients for the guinea fowl and, and they, they aggregate there during the breeding season or during the wet season in general. But when the weather is dry, then they, the different groups come together and travel to water resources during these occasions, she saw that rather than compete for resources, the different groups were friendly to each other and seemed happy to join forces. Aggression is quite rare in the species, like between groups, but sometimes it happens and we don't think it's that much about food resources, but maybe mostly about 
maintaining group membership and status, for example. So we see males uh, jumping up on the air and kicking each other. Indeed, Danai tells us that though different groups are friendly to each other, within each group, the vulture and guinea fowl are not above drama. Once uh, in one of the habituated groups, there was a rank reversal. This basically means that the alpha male became beta and the beta became alpha in terms of um, dominance. And then the, let's say, girlfriend was still following him. So the the beta female was still following the the alpha male, but he wanted to pair up with the alpha female. I asked if the fights that may arise within a group might be caused by the birds being related to each other. We have collected some DNA samples to see what's their relatedness levels within the group, but we don't know yet. We think they're, uh, the males at least are quite related to each other. So, in short, the vulture and guinea fowl live in close-knit communities. Different groups are friendly to each other and often join forces, for example for mating and safety reasons. However, within the groups, there is evidence of a hierarchy of birds and an awareness of status, but there is still much to learn about how these birds make collective decisions. Yeah, so this is also a, a very important part of my research to try and find out how the groups make decisions, how they uh, decide where to go and what to do. And there I have discovered so far that there is nothing like uh, despotism. So decisions are shared among individuals. That was Danai Papajojo telling us about the complex societies formed by small-brained birds in Africa.